This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, back into a topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville. Dial pound 3636. Better still, go on the Pizzaville app. You can pre-order, prepay, and it's contactless delivery. Right there, from the oven into the box. Boom, seal of approval. No human hands touching it to yours. Get nice and gooey and greasy with all that cheese and pepperoni and sauce. And, oh, boy, that's good eating. Uh, back with uh, Sherry DeNovo, Michael Giles, and topics worthy of discussion. You know, earlier today I was talking to Rod Phillips, the uh, finance minister, and uh, he said the government's amended legislation to allow these insurance companies to uh, cut, cut a break to drivers who are not driving right now or they've got no place to go. And uh, it's just left it up to the insurance companies themselves to maybe uh, be solicited to cut a deal for the the individual brokers, I guess, would get a call from people who are insured. Sherry DeNovo, do you think uh, that's adequate? Leave it to kind of an honor system that the companies would do right by people? Or you think the government should have enacted legislation that mandates that there be cuts in insurance? Well, um, uh, look, anything, any little bit helps, let's put it that way. Uh, but I, to give another example, I mean, on the, I, I know that Premier Ford had talked about, you know, nobody should be evicted, but without legislation, people are in fact being evicted, and that goes for small business owners as well as tenants, and that should never happen in a pandemic. So the honor system isn't working there. So I would suggest that if we really want to see insurance rates drop, it's going to take more than that. Um, and certainly people are, are, you know, asking for extensions, et cetera. But, you know, part of the problem is, like, you, it, if it's just an extension on paying and interest rates are going to apply or, you know, it's all going to just pile up even without the interest rates, that's not really going to help a lot of people, especially those who've lost their jobs or small business owners are going under. So mm, I think a little bit more is necessary here. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because some folks have said uh, it's really incumbent upon the banks to play ball uh, with the people who are holding the mortgage, which would mean a landlord. And then the landlord would in turn pass those savings on to the people, beleaguered folk who may stand to lose their businesses or whatever. Uh, Let's follow up on that because, you know, in fact, yesterday, I think there were uh, that was the date by which landlords could go in and seize assets of people who were in arrears on their rent. Michael, do you think that's really the key? I mean, the banks would be backed by the Bank of Canada, the government, and uh, in turn, you know, uh, really put a floor under these businesses that could go under instead of a deferral or a loan of 40000 You're still faced with a loan that has to be repaid, and if you've got no cash flow, I mean, what chance does your business have? Well, I, I, do, I do fall on the side of the idea that, the, you know, the government needs to put in place forgivable uh, amounts of money that will go to pay either the landlord or or the tenant or whoever it is to allow these businesses to pay these rents because you know the key to this is sort of like and i've said this sort of before this is like you know the government's sort of holding somebody and it's like learning to ride a bicycle the government's running behind holding the seat at some point you have to let go and you know the business needs to start operating again the bike needs to start moving on its own that's not going to happen if business small, especially small business owners, which are like eighty percent of our business or whatever in the country, go back in there and find themselves with three months, you know, arrears of rent and you know startup costs. Because yes, keep in mind, a lot of these stores are going to have to start, you know, starting up again. They'll have you know utility bills will start again. They've got salaries. So I think rent is the is, commercial rent is a major thing 
that needs to be looked at because we need to, these businesses need to be there uh, and need to be able to operate again when they come back. And frankly, you know, in terms even from if, if you literally put it in a sort of a very practical sense, uh, from the perspective of government, if you want to start collecting taxes from commercial properties again, you know, businesses and everything else, you've got to make sure they're still existing when this is over. So I think rent, and I, and I hear, frankly, this every single day, it is one of the biggest things that concerns businesses. It's their, I think their biggest expense right after, of course, wages. And, uh, you know, they're not going to be able to easily restart this economy if people are walking in with three and four months of, 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 of arrears and rent waiting for them. Wasn't the city government going to look at, because, I mean, right now, uh, landlords can write off an empty space, you know, as a loss, which, of course, contributes to empty storefronts, even in the best of times sometimes. So yeah, is, is that, that actually, being looked at by the city? Because I hope it is. Yeah, I believe that was reversed already. But, you know, that was the vacant property thing. But the, the whole thing is in terms of, uh, of commercial, you know, landlords. I mean, there's absolutely no benefit to them to be sitting with an empty property forever. You know, what I mean? like literally at the end of the day, people paying rent, uh, you know, to, to operate businesses and their properties is how they make money. And if they're sitting there with an empty property, well, you know what? That's not going to do them any good. So really, you're talking about a loan that becomes a grant uh, if they maintain the business. That's right. That's what I. That's the route I would go. And you know, we're spending tens of billions of dollars and all sorts of stuff. Uh, if we want this economy, and you know, and the other side of this is, there's people working these places. So when they come back, they need to have a job to go to. And you're not going to have a job to go to if the business has to go bankrupt. Well, and you take the case of a restaurant. I think that's probably the easiest model or the most prevalent one because uh, you've got tens of thousands of restaurateurs across the country who are facing this dilemma right now because uh, unless they're takeout and delivery, you know, they've got no no patrons. And if you've got a 200-seat restaurant and we've still got after we're sort of coming out uh, into opening up the economy, we still got certain protocols of uh, mitigation that are followed, for example, social distancing. So that 200-seater becomes 60 seats. doesn't really work with that business model and margins, so uh, what do we do? Do we maintain the uh, programs that are meant to, you know, help? And they're only short-term, temporary programs for three three months. Uh, do we continue those on indefinitely? At what point do we say, you know, all right, uh, we've taken you far enough. Uh, we've kept a, a hand on the bike seat. What do you say, Sherry? Well, first of all, uh, you know, I know for a fact that small business is responsible for about 85% of all the jobs in the province, so um, we're going to look at a bigger catastrophe if we don't support uh, small business. So I think, you know, uh, absolutely the banks should be doing more. I mean, uh, it's ludicrous that they're not and that, the you know, the federal government isn't asking that they do, um, making them do it. Um, but to, to get down to the ground floor, so to speak, um, there should be a moratorium on rent. Uh, for commercial rent for for places um, and and just you know if the government wants to help out that's a terrific way of doing it I mean they should just you know be you know whole, pay, paying the rent or if you know the landlords cancel it I mean every case is somewhat individual but you know these small businesses desperately need a whole lot of support and by the way you know we should be supporting them too I mean I my family's making a point of ordering in even though we could cook I mean you know we're at home um, it, it's really important that we support our local businesses, our local small businesses as individuals, but the government should do way, way more because otherwise we're going to look at empty main streets all over this city and not and an, an employment crisis to boot, at, plus the tax ramifications of that. 
Well, your own party, Sherry, uh, has suggested, this was Andrea Horvath on earlier in the week, and coincidentally, the Ontario Chamber of Commerce and our friend Rocco Rossi supports this as well, uh, where the government basically banks, and when you're talking about uh, the banks, it's just the vessel, the flow through, it's really the government or the Bank of Canada uh, picking up 75% of the rent for these companies up to $10,000 on a monthly basis for three months. Michael, does that jibe with your own uh, impression of what would be appropriate? I, I think, frankly, and I know Rocco Rossi spoke about this earlier, I, I think, frankly, it makes a lot of sense. It does, because, uh, you know, it goes right back to the very fundamental argument I've sort of been making all along is uh, this economy is not going to recover if, you know, a vast number of these small businesses don't exist after after we start, uh, you know, opening things up again. And having said that, you know, what it worth, where's the vast majority of our economy is to be found in small businesses. So, you know, and, and quite frankly, uh, we also don't want a situation where all that's left is all these massive, you know, uh, corporate retail entities. You know, not, not that they're, you know, they're wrong with that. They've done a lot and helped a lot of people and been very, you know, been uh, magnificent through this. But at the same time, we want to have a strong small business. And what's the one thing, you know, yeah, wages, there's help with wages right now. But the other big, big factor in this is, as I say, is the second biggest expense. Is, is rent. And if you're not going to address that, then I don't think, you know, frankly, I think we're, we're not really addressing the problem. The two things you need to help them with are wages and rent so that when this thing's over, hopefully sooner rather than later, we can jumpstart this economy. People are back to work. Businesses are open again and, and we're, we're operating again. Well, the Prime Minister yesterday in his daily briefing uh, submitted that they've got a rental assistance plan coming, but he was short on detail. He didn't say anything specific about it, so we're still waiting. And uh, meanwhile, the businesses are on the clock. You know, they're looking, anticipating eagerly uh, some kind of a lifeline. So hopefully it'll come our way on Monday. Uh, By the way, on Monday as well, the Premier was saying earlier today, that's when he's going to break out uh, the models uh, for where we're going in terms of infections and the death rate. We've spiked today. We were told to anticipate that this week would be particularly harsh. We've increased the testing, so in part, I guess, uh, that does lead to a greater number of infections. Mind you, the death rate has gone up, and uh, that's just an objective number. So uh, as we anticipate all of those things, I think a lot of people are looking anxiously that the trend line would start going down or we flatten the curve. Like in, in the States yesterday when... The Orange Devil, Sherry, uh, had mentioned the recovery plan or opening up the economy, a three-stage program, but you've got to show that you've got uh, a lesser number of incidents on a daily basis for two weeks. Now, uh, do you believe that we should follow suit and start opening the economy? I mean, with mitigating factors like uh, wearing masks. Governor of New York says everybody who can't social distance must wear a mask. Still be social distancing, uh, you know, wiping everything down, a lot of sanitation, don't touch your face, all of these things. Can we start to see the prospects of opening up certain businesses, maybe sector by sector or in certain regions where there's a low infection rate? I, I, right now, I think safe rather than sorry. I mean, even now, even with all of the information that's gone out, if you're walking along Queen Street or King Street, or I heard somebody say in the beach, uh, I live in the West End, um, people are not social distancing. I mean, hundreds of tickets are being written. Um, we really need to get the message out that everybody should be uh, isolating as much as possible, particularly seniors, but really everybody. And 
and uh, let's not let you know get loose on that because uh, if we do, we we know the result, what the result will be, and we've seen that in countries, other countries. I mean, Sweden, for example, that has been practicing. You know, it's it's looking grim there, and certainly south of the border, it's looking grim. And I just pray to God that you know, um, south of the border doesn't doesn't loosen up like they're threatening to do, and and then we start importing the disease from them. So no, I think we're we're staying the course, and that's a good thing. And uh, the more that we get the information out, um, the better. Uh, we need to stay safe. All right. But you see, a lot of people are also projecting there are going to be casualties from a prolonged uh, shutdown, which leads to a recession, businesses lost, wholesale business sector, sector is going to be wiped right out, suicides will spike, alcoholism, abuse, domestic abuse, child abuse, all of this kinds of consequence uh, to that, which, you know, we have uh, obviously a way of knowing that the uh, virus does claim lives. In fact, there was a a protest in Michigan, Lansing, Michigan, the other day. I guess it was yesterday. Uh, Michael, do you think there's a point, psychologically, a trigger point where people will say, I've had enough of this. Uh, I stand to lose my business 30 years. I built this thing up and now nada. I got to get back to work. And it will change mass psychology where we might even see civil disobedience. Do you think we could ever reach that point? And if so, how soon? Well, I think any society could reach that point. I hope we don't, because I think the main point on all of this is about how long we stay sort of in this lockdown that we're in, is what we don't want to do is open too early, have, you know, a one or two months of sort of getting back to normal, and then bang, we're back down lockdown again, because all of a sudden, you know, the numbers are soaring through the ceiling. The whole point of this is to, to, to manage this and, and to manage the numbers so that we don't have these massive spikes. But as I say, the last thing we want to do is, oh, start opening things up again and then find ourselves having to shut everything down again. Well, no, but that, that was part of the response with the, Dr. Fauci was saying yesterday, in these areas where there might be, uh, you know, flare-ups that we notice right away, we go in and tamp things down again. It's kind of like playing whack-a-mole. You think that's well, workable? Well, th- that that would be, in theory, would be workable. But, you know, in both countries, Canada and the United States, we have mobility rights. People will leave, people will travel, people will move around. And, uh, you know, so if we're going to do something, we need to do it collectively as a country so we start opening things up. You know, if you open up one city and not another, uh, you know, sure, you can try to lock it down. But, you know, people in one city travel to another. And the next thing you know, we have the outbreak again. Listen, there's no one more in the world that wants to get the hell out of this house than me. But at the same time, I want to be doing it when we do it, when it's a safe time to do it. And, and when we can actually get our lives back to normal and keep them back to normal instead of going back the other way again. Yeah, I think we all want to get out of the house, uh, but there are people for whom saving a vestige of their business uh, is a far greater act of desperation and uh, and hope. And so I think there's a different psychology in play there. Uh, we'll leave on that note. I really appreciate your joining us uh, as we do it virtually these days. The Reverend Dr. Sherry DeNovo and Michael Giles, you all stay well and we'll talk next Friday. We're done for the day and the week. Another great one for Talk Radio. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, being a part of the program. Michael Downey on the home front, Mary Feely likewise, and Robbie Trevison back in the studio. We hope to be back on Monday. Take care, stay safe, stay healthy, stay away. Have a good night all. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.